Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have a great show. We have Greg Thompson lined up. He is from the cover, uh, from cover one. He covers all things Bills. Guy is amazing. We love him around here. He's a frequent flyer oh, anytime we talk about Bills. Uh, so that's going to be a great conversation. We, of course, have five-minute fantasy right down the right down the line, right? Almost playoffs, playoffs next week. So it's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's you on again man we really appreciate it you are uh you're one of the best guys that that we talk to of course we go way back to our locker room days um but but we're very happy to have you on and of course you do great work over at cover one and uh and we appreciate you coming on with us yeah thank you man uh, excited to talk about it it's uh, it's fun i feel like there was a, a weird window obviously I, I grew up in a stretch where bills versus patriots wasn't that exciting i grew up in like the kelly marino era then you know, it switched around the other way, and the Bills were rivals with a, the Patriots like a hammer is a rival with a nail. Um, and then last year, it flipped around the other way, and it, it was, you know, not quite as, as fun going into it the other way. This year is, is what I want. Both teams ready to go. The division on the line. This game really matters. Uh, it's, it's exciting to have a, a real true rivalry. Yeah, and I, I was saying after the game on Sunday, I think this is – um, probably their most important game in three years. I mean, the, the last one that kind of comes to mind was Brady's last home game. That was obviously a playoff game, Wild Card Weekend. We try to forget about that one around here. But uh, in terms of regular season, I can't this, – this has those vibes, and, you know, Pat and Keegan will kind of get this, and I'm sure you too, Greg. Like, growing up when you'd play, you know, Peyton Manning, right? Like, when I was growing up or – you know, for a little bit, Mahomes and Brady, when they were kind of going back and forth a few years ago, this has kind of the vibe to it. And the best part is these two could develop a nice little rivalry over the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. I don't think either teams are going anywhere. They're just going to keep improving. Um, this would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it starts on Monday. I think this is uh, great for football, great for the division, and great for both franchises. Two passionate franchises. And, uh, you know, they get to play them twice in four weeks, twice yeah. in three games with the Patriots with a bye mixed in. But. Uh, wow, what a, what a way the schedule worked out. I, I like how they did that. 
No, it's great. I, I like having the backloaded division games. It, it truly adds, you know, leverage into it. And if you look at this matchup, I think the differentiation for each team of your odds of winning the division, making the playoffs, number one seed, there is this is the biggest swing in the NFL. This is the biggest game of the week. This is one of the biggest games of the year. Um, it's going to have a huge factor in who ends up the number one seed, who wins the division, who hosts playoff games. Um, I think both teams have a pretty good shot at the playoffs either way, uh, but this is going to make a huge difference in, in where they play those games. Now, in yeah. your opinion, what's what's the biggest thing? Sorry to cut you off, Pat. I'm sorry. There was a little awkward silence there. I figured I'd jump in. <laughs> but in your opinion, where is this game won? Is it one in the trenches? Um, you know, Patriots got gashed for 270 last week on the ground, something I'm sure we'll get into. I, I, you know, I haven't studied the Bills too much, but from what I've seen from you and, and just out there on NFL Twitter, they seem to hate to run the ball. They hate establishing the run. They did a little bit on Thanksgiving, I noticed. Um, they kind of exploded a little bit first, first New Orleans. I thought Josh Allen, that was one of his best games I've seen him play. But where is, I, I guess, the Bills' weakness, and where, does this, where is this game won? So obviously, I think the, the Titans game is a good example where controlling the trenches doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win the game. They put up 270 yards rushing. They got smoked. Um, so deciding it's going to be the turnover differential, the toxic play differential. It's going to be who has more big plays, who has more turnovers. Um, now, a big piece of that can be who controls the trenches. So that could be the factor that ends up uh, doing that. If you give Josh Allen time... You know, I, I think we saw last year, J.C. Jackson's fantastic. If you give him time, nobody can cover Stephon Diggs for that long. Um, it's just not feasible. So if you get pressure on Josh Allen, then the coverage ability in the back seven becomes a bigger issue. Guys aren't able to uh, gain separation. Um, you know, if you're able to create space, Dawson Knox has been a problem downfield. He's a big athletic guy. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been able to create space. You're able to do that. All those things require time. Stephon Diggs is the only one who can really win instantly and win immediately. Uh, they've been able to do that. They've incorporated a little bit more into some of the quicker bubble screens. They've gotten a little bit more into some of the swing plays, you know, a, a mix of the run uh, and the short pass being an extension of the run game. They've tried to incorporate that more because, like you said, the, the Bills are not a running team. They are the pass-heaviest team in the NFL or top three, depending on the week and, and, and where they are with the Chiefs and some of those other teams. Uh, in a neutral game script, if they have their choice, they're going to pass, they're going to pass, and they're going to pass again. Uh, they don't pass 100% of the time, but they'd love it to be 70%. In the 30%, they try to be effective. They tried to mix in a little more speed with Matt Breida so that they're able to at least threaten the other team. You saw him take a nice screen to the house uh, last week, and he is explosive if he gets himself outside. He has a little bit, uh, for us around here, a little bit of that C.J. Spiller, where he always tries to turn the corner. He always tries to take it to the edge. Uh, doesn't necessarily get his foot in the ground and get going. But I will say... That was why he wasn't playing. They seem to have drilled it into him enough here. This last game, he looked pretty good. He was putting his foot in the ground and going, making decisive cuts, setting up blocks. Um, that's about all you can ask. It's You're not going to have to worry about the run game. That's not going to be the reason we win or lose. But if it can be enough to keep you know, the linebackers and safeties just having to take that one false step on the play action, that can be enough to get some guys open. And I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit more. More specifically, the front lines, because I think Ike Bodiger is how you say it. He, Whether he's starting or John Feliciano, like I think that's kind of a big deal for New England because a lot of their pass rush lately has come from the interior. So how do you think you know Feliciano's – is he close to coming back? Do you think he'll be there? And if he isn't, 
I think the Patriots would love to have Buffalo throw the ball 40 times that kind of play right into what they're looking to do. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure it matters because neither of them are blocking Christian Barmore. Um, so I, if, you know, John Feliciano is a better run blocker and more experienced. Ike Bakker is actually maybe a little bit better pass blocker, but he just doesn't have the anchor in the run game. Um, so if they have their choice, uh, they did activate the practice window for John Feliciano. He returned off of IR. He's eligible to return on Monday. He practiced in full. So I'm going to assume he had no injury designation. He practiced in full. I'm going to assume that means they anticipate him being back. If they have their choice, um, obviously Spencer Brown got brought back as well. The benefit of that is he's very athletic. He has quick feet. He has at least a shot to stay in front of Judon. He's going to move his feet as well as anybody is. He's inexperienced. Uh, Judon's going to get him once or twice You know, on some ex- experienced counter moves. Uh, but he at least has the feet to stay in front of him. What that really allows is Daryl Williams to kick in at guard. He's a much better guard than anybody else that we have. So if we have the combination to get Cody Ford out of there and we only need one of Botker, Feliciano, then all of a sudden you're reducing the amount of weak links in that chain. Deion Dawkins is going to be solid at left tackle. Morse has been very good at center. Uh, Williams is an above average good guard. He's okay at tackle. And then Spencer Brown has actually been pretty solid as a rookie out at right tackle. If we can limit that... You know, you're still going to have to shift some of the protection schemes. You're going to have to give Feliciano help against Bakker or Guy or Godchow or anybody. Um, but at least it's only one spot you have to plan for. When it's two, right. it's really hard. Morse can only help in one direction. It's not as easy to have a linebacker or a running back or a tight end help on a guard. It's easier to chip on a tackle. Um, so they're able to kind of shift the protections there. At the beginning of the year, the five they wanted are those five. Dawkins, Feliciano, Morse, Williams, and Brown. It's even with that, it's an average line. It's not the strength of the unit. What that's going to do is, hey, can you be good enough where Josh Allen's mobility can make up the rest? And then between an average line and Allen's mobility, can that give all those receivers, you know, Gabe Davis and, and Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, everybody time, Cole Beasley in the slot, then they can really cause damage because there's so many options to go to. And that piece together has produced some good things. When they lose that, now all of a sudden, Allen's running for his life and constantly, you know, then you get into the scene ghosts and that kind of crap because if you're getting rushed every single play, by the end of the game, you start to anticipate it. He falls for that like anybody. Yeah, so... Go ahead, Pat. No, I was just going to say, have you seen have you seen a regression from Allen? I mean, I know people have talked about it. Have you seen a regression from Allen this year or do you feel like he's on the same track he was last year? Obviously, last year he played otherworldly last year. I think he's still been good this year, but I think people kind of jumped off the bandwagon a little bit earlier this year, uh, and I think that was a little a little premature, to be honest with you. But I was just curious about uh, about your thoughts about how he's playing. Yeah, it's it's way closer to last year than it is to his historic levels. So um, I think last year it it looked easy and it looked fun, and there was a lot of you know celebrations and huge blowout wins. There's been more weird challenging game so there's this last week was another one of them there are four or five games on the calendar where at the end of the game our first question on the post game show is man what's wrong with the offense why isn't josh allen clicking and i'm like guys they just they went 31 to 6 like yeah i, I guess it could have been better they could have put up 45 but 
they won 31 to six. He threw four touchdowns. What do you want? Um, we, the same question after a 45, you know, 40 to nothing win against Houston, uh, 26 to 11 against Miami, 45 to seven against the jets. And the first question of the post game show, man, the offense just didn't look right. Why were they struggling? I'm like, they punted once. Like, what do you guys want? Um, so it, it's not, I will say aesthetically and just from the feel that you get, it doesn't feel as easy as it was last year, but I also kind of think they took teams by surprise last year. Teams, it took half the, half the season for teams to say, eh, I know you've done it for a while here, but I still don't think you can beat man coverage. I'm just going to keep going man and bet that you can. And he did. He kept beating it over and over again. Eventually they said, all right, all right, all right. We'll drop back in the two high shell. We'll just play zone. See if you have the discipline to dink and dunk down the field. We bet you don't. And then he still found some ways to, to get some some shots. He has the arm to hit that honey hole shot over, over top of the corner. He's able to do some things like that. But th- some of those things early, he had some just crazy stat lines when teams were just daring them to beat man and they kept doing it. So this year he's had to do the disciplined slow death by a thousand paper cuts all year. He hasn't had those huge chunk plays other than, you know, he still has the broken plays where he breaks out in the backfield. Um, I think because of that and because he has had, you know, last year he probably had some, some good uh, turnover luck where there was some turnover worthy throws that didn't go this year, him, Mahomes, other guys like that. Some of those tip balls that fluttered in the air and fell to the ground, didn't go. You know, last year, last week, you guys saw the Titans linebacker hit him right in the chest. It would have been a pick six. He dropped it to right. the ground. Sometimes those balls hit the ground. Sometimes they don't. Uh, this year, fewer of them are hitting the ground, and more of them are, you know, awesome, miraculous diving interceptions. Quan Alexander had one last week. It was an amazing pick. You know, it was a tip ball. Those were hitting the ground last year. This year, Quan Alexander made an amazing play. He picked it off. That's not that different than what he was last year. And, you know, last year he had eight interceptions. This year he has 10. It's it's not like he has 20. You know, I think there's some things where, you know, regression is, is he lesser than last year? Yes. It's probably like two or 5%. It's not back to what he was in 2018, 2019. And speaking of, you know, guys missing time kind of earlier to your earlier point, um, you know, Duggar. Obviously, he gets landed on the COVID list today. He is vaccinated. Um, but like you had said, it is difficult to test positive on a Wednesday, have two negative tests in a, in a two-day period, and then play on Monday. Uh, that's a big miss for the Patriots. And, you know, tackle, schmackles, everyone, you know, says that he's their leading tackler with 80, 80 on the year. That's a guy who's, you know, Devin McCourty spoke super highly of after the Browns game, uh, how well he can he can play in the box. He's really good in short moments. They, they've played him all over the place. Um, and I think with with Knox having a pretty good year, I, I'd be interested to see how they scheme things up. Um, Duggar's kind of taken over, and Belichick talked about it. he's taken over that Pat Chung role, which is super underrated in their defense. Somebody that can you can line up all over, almost play a little linebacker for you, shut down the tight end game. Um, so that's a big miss for them. I, I wonder how you know uh, Adrian Phillips factors in now. Does that kind of move him out of his his spot in that hybrid role? Um, I guess Keegan, what, what do you think their their game plan is with with you know say no Duggar and you got to limit Knox you know kind of through the seam and, and they like to move him all over athletic guy. It's so I think we've talked about it right with Adrian Phillips and Duggar where they have two players who can do kind of the same stuff, but Duggar is a load like he's you know whatever six foot one two hundred and thirty pounds he plays like a linebacker Adrian Phillips probably twenty pounds lighter two inches short, you know, so you just don't have the size there. I think that's going to be a struggle with a Dawson Knox 
type guy who he's got a little bit of both, a little bit of size. So he'll have the size advantage over Phillips. And then he'll also probably be able to run with him. I think, I think that's an issue without Duggar because we've talked about it. I feel like every week where Duggar every week he gets better. And I've been on the bandwagon since like the second they drafted him. I know you guys were on it early. Not when you, when you incorporate a guy like that into the defense and you're hoping that he can take over the secondary one day and then one week he's gone. That's tough to just plug and play a guy who's getting, you know, 60% of the snaps and Phillips and being like, Hey, here's a hundred percent. This is your assignment. I don't think that's the kind of player he is right now. Hey, I was heartbroken when you guys taken him. I loved him at the senior bowl. I wanted him so badly. And from everything that we've heard, he was the bill's target there, you know, coming up at, uh, at the pick, they ended up taking AJ Epinesa uh, at that spot. He's fantastic. And he's, as we were doing our film prep, getting ready for this, he's such a difficult guy to prepare for because you don't know where he's going to be. They're able to move him. And, and you, you talked about the interchangeability. That's the value of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in the Bills yep. defense. They don't have a strong safety or a free safety. They have two guys who can do both things, and they're able to disguise coverages because you don't know who's in what role. They can have one guy literally up on the line posturing like a blitz, and he's actually playing the deep third, and they're just disguising cover three, and he can get back there fast enough where you, you, they're able to, to pull it off. Um, you know, again, it's very possible that he could play. I don't think there's a ton of precedent for guys flipping that around within five days, but I, I don't think it's zero. Uh, so, you know, obviously, uh, I never, you know, I'm not happy to see a guy get COVID. That's terrible. I hope he's healthy. I hope he's safe. Hope he's back and playing. I want teams, both teams at full health playing each other. And even if it's not this game, they'll obviously face him in the next matchup uh, when it's there. Uh, it's one of our biggest concerns. Uh, his ability to disguise where he's at. Those are some of the spots that Josh Allen has missed uh, it, here is it hasn't been staring down a receiver and having a bad throw on the guy in coverage getting it. It's staring down the receiver and the guy he doesn't see off in his peripheral cutting across. And that's Duggar to a T. It's just not realizing yep. he's there in that Joker role floating around. So, question for you then I'll, I'll kind of get off the maybe off the specifics i guess because we're we're getting deep into it who do you think is a bigger game for like do you think it's a bigger game for the bills or a bigger game for the because here's here's my thing right Patriots are one six in a row they've looked unbelievable they're outscoring people like crazy they've been fantastic 27 points a game that over six right. weeks yeah 27 points per game over six weeks and yeah. spags tweeted it out they haven't let up a second half point in a month yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's gross. That is true. Yeah, so I, um, I think I saw 64 to nothing in the second half in the last month. Yeah. Yeah. But, so gross. I think the number, my favorite one, I think is uh, since, since they were down 22 to nine, um, since they were down 22 to nine to the Texans, I think it's like 256 to 98 since that moment, oh, which is just outrageous. See, uh, but and I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go for, I, I think it's a bigger game for the Patriots simply because we were talking about it before. They, they seemingly passed a test every single week, right? Like last week was, you know, the Titans are beat up. It's going to be cold. Mac Jones is a Florida kid, played played at Alabama. How's he going to do? 310 yards, career high, two touchdowns. You know, missed some throws. That's going to happen. Um, but I, I think this is a true test, right? Like he caught the Browns at home. Um, you know, I still think their best win of the year was in L.A. simply because that was yep. the turning point of their season. You can't season. convince me that wasn't a home game too. Yeah, right. right. You gotta, it's a home game for everybody that plays there if they travel well. Um, but I think it's for the Patriots because this is a it went to the AFC Championship game. Um, you know, they've even though they've done it for a year in, in terms of the Bills, 
they won the division last year. He went to the AFC title game. They, they run the division till otherwise. So um, I think this is a good proving ground for the Patriots. If they're able to go into Buffalo on a Monday night, biggest game of Mac Jones's career, uh, and pull one out, I think that's when you can really go from, oh my God, they're actually pretenders in the AFC to like, no, they're, they're the dark, they are not a dark horse. They're, they're the favorite to, to, you know, go to the Super Bowl. The, the winner of this game is the favorite in the AFC and is the favorite yeah. to go to the Super Bowl. Um, leading into the season, early in the season, I would have said there's more pressure on the Bills just because everyone was picking them. They, you know, they, they were everyone's pick to to represent the AFC, you, you know, national groups. You know, heck, the, the one in the, the Athletic, four out of five people had them as their Super Bowl pick for this year. It's a very odd sensation for bills and no one ever picks us for it for anything um now you turn that around the bills have lost three out of five the patriots have won six in a row the bills lost trey white um you know obviously you guys are well aware of the national media you know everyone is is on the patriots now it's uh it's certainly flipped around to the point where you know people are questioning the point spread should the patriots be favored in this game um i think that at minimum there's equal pressure um, or potentially even more pressure or expectation on the Patriots in this spot, which is odd in a game that the Bills are the defending division champs. The Bills were, you know, the pick by most people coming in here. Um, you know, privately, I, I don't mind that. The Bills have actually performed by far the best when they kind of have that bunker mentality, nobody believes in this kind of sensation. Uh, so I love the fact that Stephen A. Smith won't shut up and Callan Cowherd won't shut up and that I know that Sean McDermott's playing those in a loop in the locker room and in the weight room. Um, so I love that, that. That's the energy that's floating around. Um, I will say that doesn't mean that there's not plenty of pressure on the Bills and plenty of expectation. Um, it's a home game. They did win the division last year. They swept the division last year. There's still expectation that they're able to right the ship and get this straightened out here, but it's a lot closer to equal than I would have anticipated early on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the Patriots have won six straight, but it's like, who did they beat in that in those six games? Like, Cleveland stinks. Like, Cleveland's not a good team, objectively. Like, we can see that now. The Chargers are up and down. Like, who knows what's going on there? Obviously, the Titans are a good team, but like, that Cody Hollister, <laughs> Cody Hollister was their number one wide receiver on Sunday. Cody freaking Hollister was the number one wide receiver. And so, like, and so it's like, yes, of course, there are question marks there. But it's interesting when you look at the Patriots. Okay, now you get this, but then you get Indy next, and then you got Buffalo, and then, you know, and then it's Jacksonville and, and um, Jacksonville, Miami to finish yeah, it off. Both, te- both teams have some cupcakes, the Bills and Falcons, Jets. They both have a cushion yes. at the end, but both of them have an nasty month. The Bills go Patriots, yes. Buccaneers, Panthers, Patriots. Right. But we're going to know everything within the next month. And that's the big thing for me is, is the Bills, like the Patriots could be the home. If the Patriots win on Sunday, the home Patriots game against the Bills could be a hat and t-shirt game because, yeah. because if they win – Buffalo's going into Tampa next week on a short week. That's very conceivable they could lose that game. And if they lose that game, the Patriots could be clinching the division against Buffalo. And so that's where you start playing those things around. You know what I mean? Uh, CBS has it locked. It's the 425 425. Nance-Romo game. So they actually blocked it from getting moved because apparently NBC requested to move it to the Sunday night game. CBS blocked it as their primary Nance-Romo game for that week. I would assume the Buffalo Patriots are playing Indy on Saturday. 
Yes. yes. They, yes that was the it second is. choice. Yeah, it's why they got bumped. They they requested to move the Bucks Bills game, but it got denied by CBS. I assume Buffalo will be playing. I assume the Patriots, the second Patriots game is scheduled for one o'clock. I would imagine that that game will be getting flexed. I was because... actually surprised it didn't already in the in the recent round that just got announced. I was right. surprised it didn't get moved already. Yeah, me too. There, there's a. It's a. I looked. It's, it's Tennessee Forty Cowboys. That that's the that's the Sunday night game. Tennessee versus San Francisco. I looked today. I thought it was Dallas and San Francisco. Is it? But yeah, one of those two. I, I thought okay. Dallas was involved, which is the only reason I hesitated to say, can Jerry Jones stop it from getting moved if they're on a Sunday well, night? Even, even just a 425, you know, not not necessarily a Sunday night, even just sure. a 425. put it in the prime window. Because that's the thing. You get it in the prime window. That's what yeah. you want. Because, you know, especially if – and I think it doesn't really matter who wins – but especially, you know, the team that wins this weekend, like you said, is the favorite. And the other team is nipping at their heels regardless of what's goes up, what goes uh, on. So uh, Niners-Titans is Thursday night. The Sunday night game is uh, Cowboys-Washington uh, football team. So I, it's I not think a this game. is a bigger divisional game. Oh, than it's way, way bigger for actual <laughs> yeah. game purposes. Yeah. Um, moving an NFC East game out of the primetime slate would be yeah. something to see. But uh, Revolution, it, should be, it should be moved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, good but, question from Murphy here about the about the new stadium in Buffalo. What is going on with yeah. the new stadium? Because we hear a bunch of stuff. Obviously, what what's going on? We're not obviously in the you know in the everyday there. Um. So they've done all the normal steps. They've gone through. They've hired the you know the civic engineers. They've hired the architects. They've got their proposals. They asked for an option to put it downtown. Um, that was never realistically a chance the the amount of infrastructure you would have to redo to put a stadium downtown with the roadways and the traffic in and out, it would have added another $500 million onto the project where they're already going to be asking to kind of split it with, you know, paying for part and paying for the stuff through uh, all the whatever crazy tax programs that they do to, to build those things. Um, the real question is whether they're going to do like Seattle with kind of a partial roof over mm. the stands. Are they going to do like a retractable roof where you can uh, bring it in and out? I don't think think they're going to do a full dome right now the the current model is very similar to seattle it's actually going to be in orchard park like across the street from the stadium where they can build it while they're still playing in the current stadium and then knock down the current stadium make it into parking and practice facility and just have it next door um how I'll long has ralph wilson been around um so ralph so ralph died um the, he he had it stadium yeah um, oh, the stadium. The, yeah. It's the original since six. That's what I thought, right? Yeah. Um, so so like, it had a couple hundred million dollar renovation about 10 years ago, um, but it was not to the level of what they did in like Soldier Field and Arrowhead and Lambeau. Uh, so, matter of fact, so take it back. Uh, Soldier Field and Arrowhead were the initial model was, hey, can they build up around the original historic stadium? What they're going to do is what they did at Lambeau, where at Lambeau, they just built it across the street, right. built it up. Then they knocked down the original, made the original into Hall of Fame practice facility, fan experience, parking. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do the exact same thing. They're just going to build it across the street while they're playing in the current one so there's not as much stress on the timeline. It's then they'll knock the down the current. Yeah, yeah, knock down the current. Lot. Yeah, turn it into a parking lot, fan experience, practice facility. Um, and 
you know, from what I read, it was another like 400 million to do the uh, retractable roof. So right now that's not in the budget of what they're considering, but there, a lot of fans are clamoring for that. They want that option to be able to have it closed. I'll be kind of surprised if they do. I don't live in the county, so I'm not a taxpayer. So I just get to talk about it and don't have to pay for it. There you go. That's nice. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap up our, our our Bills discussion here. Give us a prediction on the game. What do you think? What do you think is gonna happen uh, in the game on Monday night? So obviously, I'm biased. So um, I, I I can't. I, I can try. That's what we want. That's what I can we want. try my okay. best to be objective. Um, the Bills are at home. The Bills are supposed to win this game. If you're the defending division champ, you were the people Super Bowl pick. Um, I I'd be lying if I said I'm not nervous about losing Trey White. He's a huge piece of this defense. He is a genuine lockdown corner. I mean, you know, you guys lose JC Jackson, all of a sudden it's it's not the same thing. You can't do right. there's some things you can't do on defense. There are things I talked about with uh Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde where you can do exotic disguised coverages because you can leave a third of the field completely isolated and not have to worry about it because oh don't worry, Trey will take care of everything over there. You can't do that with Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. They have to help more to the outside. Now, the luxury is Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyatt are really good at that. So I actually think they're going to be able to help hide the loss of Trey White more than some people are anticipating. Now, is that going to be offset by some of the disguised looks where they're creating some turnovers that now they won't have the opportunity to do? Probably. But I don't think it's going to be this gaping hole that some people thought because they have two really good safeties who can help be a safety blanket on an awful lot of that. I think it'll be enough that they're going to be able to keep uh, things in front of them. If you talk about what the Patriots offense is, incredible timing, trying to build for yak, trying to set Mac up to be able to get the ball out quickly to the right guy with anticipation and good timing. That's what the Bills invite. That's what their defense is built to do is to let guys catch it and then rally and tackle. Don't give up the big play, rally and tackle. Um, I think they're going to be able to do enough of that. I think that there is going to be some problem with the run game. I think there will be a big player or two broken off. I think there will be some coverage challenges or uh, protection challenges. I think that Judon and Barmore and, and those guys are going to get home once or twice. I also think Josh is going to be able to get loose once or twice. And I think if you give Diggs time, he will be a problem to be able to keep up with. I think they'll be able to make one more play than the Patriots. I don't think anyone's pulling away. I think this is going to be a tight, you know, really contested game back and forth. Um, I don't know that there's going to be a ton of points. I, I have it 24-20, and I think it's going to be a late uh, score that's going to be able to do it. Um, but I, I have the Bills pointed out 24-20. Yeah, this is – and Patriots fans will hate to hear it, but, like, this streak's going to end eventually. You know, I, like – uh, I don't mean to sound so negative, but the last time a team went on, like, a, an absurd stretch like this – was that I can remember from the Patriots perspective was 04 when they lost, they were two and two. And that's when they started that, you know, the longest streak in NFL history, whatever it was, 23 to 04. Yeah. Yeah. So I think these two teams are going to split, you know, uh, Patriots have a tough little schedule because they have the bye next week, right? It's yep. Buffalo by Indy. Okay. At so, Indy yep. home against Buffalo. They got a tough little three game stretch here. I mean, if they go three and oh, I'd be shocked. Oh. So I mean, if they go three and zero, they're rightfully the Super Bowl favorites, right? In their number one seed, probably yeah. locked by, yeah. yeah. You know, they they have to win one out of the next two or whatever it is. But 
yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I think the no Trey White will be interesting how they can, you know, who they attack and, and what they kind of do to open some things up offensively. Um, the Patriots are missing a good defender too, likely, right, with Duggar. So <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be tough. I, I want to see what the Patriots do from a game plan perspective, like almost daring them to run the ball or, or, or whatnot. But this will be this will be a tough test. I'm I'm super excited. It sucks. It's Monday night. I wish it was you know Sunday 4:25, like perfect spot for this. But yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I do the same great, thing all great the time. Attention. Bills fans love primetime games. I tell them it sucks when you create content. I got to do a post game show it's after a nighttime game. Yeah. Sunday yeah. 1 p.m. is elite football time. I'll take all the 1 p.m. games. <laughs> I love the fours. Oh, 4:25. Four is yeah. nice. It, it yeah. is nice. It, it, One popping o'clock. on there. Keegan, what do you I think? I like to be in bed by like nine. You know. Okay <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> What, um, what do you what you take here? I, I I've got the Patriots losing the next two. Uh, yeah. I think this game reminds me. Obviously, there's no Brady factor here, but this game reminds me a lot of the, the Tampa Bay game, where I think it's going to be kind of Buffalo's the better football team, and they show that throughout the game. But the Patriots stay in it because they've that's what they do. They they stick around and they're a pain in the ass. But I I just think Buffalo's. So much better right now. Uh, much, I think maybe in a, a month that, from now, I could see not to. I could see Allen having like having a really good game or a really bad. One. I, I I can't right. see well, in between. Jo- I I mean I brought it up on our show. Josh Allen is the number one front runner in the NFL, and I say that in like both directions. I don't mean that derogatorily. Like if he gets rolling, he can smoke anyone. Right. Like that, that when they get rolling and he gets all that confidence and swagger going, he'll throw up forty points on anybody. Like he he can get going if you get him early and he feels like he has to throw the team on his back and has to score fourteen points with every throw, he'll overdo it and he'll be Superman and he'll have three turnovers because he's trying to win the game on every single throw. Um, so, like it or not, we're gonna know who's gonna win this game pretty early. Like it, yep. I think that I'd bet a nickel the team winning at the end of the first quarter is going to win the game, and I'd bet a lot that the team winning at halftime is going to win the game. Yeah, you're probably right. And, and listen, we'll go four for four here. We're going to go four for four because I, I'm I'm predicting the the Bills win as well. Here's my thing: I want the Patriots to go into Buffalo and play well. That's all I want. That's all I want. And I want them to not be stupid and don't make dumb mistakes and play well. And if they do that, to me, that's a win. That's a win to me if they can do that. Now, if you if you look at it and say, okay, if the Bills show over the moral losses, they've they've won six in a row. You know correct. what I mean? It's yes, the correct. only thing. It's like no, but it's to hard me, to swallow a game like that because they are good enough to win games. You know? Yes, but but to me, I I just I don't want them to go in and just lay an egg. That's what that's what I'm saying. I think the Bills are a better team than they are I, overall right they now. Again, egg. divisional game, they they would you know I like they could play the Dolphins. I know. Tonight. I'm They'll just I'm just play. saying. I'm just yeah. saying. But I think if the Bills lose it, or if if Josh you know, has a bad game or the Patriots can force some turnovers, then I think you, you get a win. But for me, well, but both teams have games like that. For sure. Take the, yep. the Cowboys game for you guys, take the Titans game for the bills. Like, is it frustrating when you lose those games? Yeah, but you didn't lay an egg. Like you were in it back and forth, huge plays. There's, you know, a big play turns it right. here at the end. Oh man. If, and then everybody spends the next week. Yeah. But if just this had to happen, we would have done that. You know, it, I, I expect that kind of game. I don't expect either team to smoke anybody in this game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think teams could trade the lead. Um, I think that you 
could have one of those things. Maybe one team's ahead by 10 points, then uh, the other team scores. It's within three, then by 10 again, then within three, then by 10, then within three. Right. That kind of thing where it's always right there catching up. Um, I, I don't expect it to be some crazy blowout either direction. Um, but it, it's going to be something where it's it it matters a lot. It's fun that this is uh, a yeah, uh, it's it's, it's fun. fun that this is finally a debate. I, I'm I'm just excited to be invited to the party. This is fun that now <laughs> we can actually debate who's going to win these games. Right? Yeah, it should but be fun. I appreciate the opportunity, guys. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, of course, of course, man. Thank you. Listen, we do we we can let you go because I know you got places to do. We do a five minute fantasy segment. I I see you're in twenty four fantasy leagues. So would you like to stay? We literally. Hey, it is double me. I, I'm in twelve. I thought that was a oh, lot. Jesus, bro. No, twelve is a lot. Twenty-four <laughs> is, means that I I should call the one eight hundred number so you hear all the shows. Uh, but yeah, oh. I, I'm actually I, I'm the number one seed in the FFPC main event league, and I, I was twelfth overall in the Woo. FFPC main event. Right now, I drop back to fiftieth, um, but I'm still number one seed in my, in my league and uh, holding it up. So I, it's it's been a solid season. I'm not, you know, I'm not there. I, I think I just looked at it right now. I think I'm going to make the playoffs in 19 out of 24. So I have wow. a pretty good year. That's a better, it's a better percentage than me. That's for sure. So, um, so do you want to stay? We, we, I, I can do five. I can do five. All right, I can do five. Five minutes. There we go. So let's do it. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to start the clock. First of all, the first thing I will say to start the five minute fantasy segment, uh, is Alexander Madison should be on everyone's list. Pick up Alexander Madison right now. Somehow he's available. Scoop him yeah. right this second. Uh, him and Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, uh, another guy. Same one, right? McCaffrey's done for the year. Pick him up. Um, I'll throw it out there. I, I, with If you look at the schedule for Carolina coming up, they have a stretch where I think there's a wonky game this week, but then it, uh, when they come out of the bye, um, but then it goes Tampa Bay, Buffalo, yeah. Carolina or uh, somebody else in Tampa Bay, uh, New Orleans in Tampa Bay. Those are four right. straight games, four straight games that it might be a negative game script. There's a chance Amir Abdullah is the better back to grab out of that Carolina backfield because I think you might get some of those receiving down touches late and some of those like, oh, hey, he's got six points. And then in the last drive of the game, he gets four catches for 40 yards on dump right. offs. Um, so if you're really scrapping, if you just lost McCaffrey, if you just lost Delvin Cook, if you know you just lost Debo and you're looking to punch somebody into a, a flex spot, I actually don't think Amir Abdullah is a crazy lottery ticket. I like that. That's, that's, a, that's a really good take. I like that a lot. So this is, and this is it. For most people, this is the last week of the regular season. So this is like moving week, right? Two left right here. Two left. Six spot. Six spot. So that's it. Limping to the finish line. And this is where, this is where we are, right? I'm in like like six and six in like three different leagues. I had, I'm in, I'm five and seven in one of them. And, and I was like, man, I, uh, I lost two back-to-back games. One of them Stafford and Cupper on the bye. And the next one I lost by, I lost by two and a half points. And dropped me to five and seven, and it's like I was five and five, I was right there, mm. and now it's like I'm probably not gonna make the playoffs. So, um, you know, but it is what it is, right? And that's and that, but that's the fun of fantasy football is that you kind of have, kind of have those things. You know what I mean? Now, if are you a uh, are you a dynasty guy as well, Greg? Mix. Uh, I have a handful of dynasty. My favorite one. Um, I have a league that I'm in that we're in our 18th year. Uh, all and the same 12 guys have been in it for 15 of the 18 years. Um, and it's a keeper league, so that one's not full dynasty, but we roll over three but guys no. each year. Yep. Uh, and then I'm in, I think, five dynasty leagues. Wowza! So now are you? All right. Here's a question I had for you, Cordell Patterson. I have Cordell Patterson mm-hmm. on a, on a, on a team for me right now. Clearly, if you're if you're in a if you're in a 
one year only in your league, you're not touching Cordell Patterson, obviously. But if you're in a dynasty league or even a keeper league for that matter, and let's say you're let's say you're competing, but not the number one seed, right? You might have a shot at the championship, but you're not really 100% sure. Would you move Patterson for significant significant value that won't come come to fruition now, but will later? Say a first round pick and some a pick a rookie that you like who really isn't killing it right now, but you think has a future, right? Would you make that move? So I am a huge advocate of you try to win all the time. Right. Fantasy football is about winning. It's about getting winning your money back. It's about being able to compete. Um, I also try to try to tell people we're really, really bad at who's going to do good at fantasy Sunday. We're right. really, really bad at knowing who's going to be good in four days. Right. You think you're going to tell me you know who's going to be good in three years? No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. You have no idea. We're bad at who's going to be good in four days. So right. I always try to win. I always have a win now mentality. I, I don't try to like sell off every single asset. No, I still try to yeah. be balanced and try to, you know, build competitive teams that can be sustainable. But, you know, guys like Adam Thielen this year that you get super late in Dynasty Leagues, are like, oh man, he's going to be old and fall off. Hey, he just keeps scoring touchdowns. It's totally fine. Right. Um, so Cordero Patterson is, if I have any chance to compete, I don't. If I truly don't, if I'm really just barely clawing to get in or not going to make the playoffs, I don't know that I bet on it. took a pretty perfect storm right. for this level. I Now, I think he's a piece of their puzzle next year. I don't think he just goes away. I think that they think they have a little something here. But Calvin Ridley being out, Kyle Pitts first year, no other, you know, they kind of spent a little bit of money in Mike Davis, but no draft pick in the backfield. It took a really perfect storm of this much volume to drive his value. Now he's been super efficient and put up yep. some crazy numbers. So if you got offered something legitimate, like you have somebody who would give you um, a Cam Akers or a JK Dobbins that, Hey, they're trying to compete and they're going to give you a piece that, Hey, I know I can count on that piece next year. Yes. I wouldn't just give them away for anything. I wouldn't yeah, just I throw them that. away for, for some flyer or some lower third, fourth tier guy. But if you got a legitimate asset for him, I, I think you'd have to consider it. Uh, but again, if you have any chance to win, I always advocate win, try to go on a run wildcard teams who are the sixth seed go on to win championships all the time. You just got to get hot at the right time. I, I have a Tim Hightower championship, uh, you know, uh, under my belt. You don't have to have big names to be able to win a title. You got to get the guys to get hot at the right time. That's it. That's hundred percent. it. Alexander Madison is going to win somebody a title. Right. I agree. I agree. So that's it. That's the timer. So, uh, so that was, a, that was a solid five minute fantasy segment there. We love it. Uh, we love it. So, Greg, before, you guys. before we let you go, just give yourself a quick shout out where people can read you, see you, hear you, find you, everything else. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me at Greg Thompson on Twitter. I, I try to be even handed, but I certainly am a Bills homer. So, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, but we do a lot of really good work at Cover One. We do tons of draft work. We do a fantasy show. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff on there that a lot of fans can, can enjoy and be able to take advantage of. Um, so come on over, check us out at CoverOne.net or our YouTube channel on Cover One. Uh, check out our draft stuff. Check out our fantasy stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Fantastic. Thanks awesome. so much for coming on, man. We'll, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. We'll talk oh, to you next well, year. Well, yeah, I'll be uh, happy to come back on. Later, guys. <laughs> All right, sounds All right, good. man. Take See care. you later. All right. That was great. Greg's, Greg's the best. Love that guy.
So um, I think that's it. We don't have, we don't really have anything else lined up. Do yeah. We? Uh, Love you guys. Everybody, thank you for listening. I got to go. I'm like, yep. Vegan's got to go. All right, guys. We'll all, go. Go. We'll all sign off on yep. that. Yep. We'll see you. <laughs> see you guys.